Well, I don't have to remind you that uh, just in recent days, uh, less than two weeks ago, um, some pretty good storms came through here. Uh, different than some in the past, but um, what was it now? Two weeks ago, almost on a Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night, that uh, wind picked up instantly, and a storm blew in. And at that very moment, it was quite interesting. At the very moment that the storm came in, all of the lights began to flicker in the neighborhood here. The lights were were flashing up and down all throughout the house. It felt like I was in a poltergeist movie or something like that where uh, some apocalyptic thing was going to be happening and, and the lights were all doing their own thing all by themselves. And just like that, the power was out. We were of the fortunate people that about 14 hours later, our power came back on and we had made it through the storm we had uh, regained our power, we got our water back, and, and it seemed as if life was uh, stable again. Until Wednesday night, uh, the same night that the power came on, we were sitting nearly in the same spot in the house, and I heard rain coming. At the moment, this time, instead of the moment that I heard the wind, this time, the moment that the rain began, the lights once again began to flicker. And I thought, oh no, we're in for it again. Another storm. And this one's going to be different now. We were, again, the fortunate ones that uh, did not actually lose power that time. Others, I know, lost it for another five days or more. And that storm, the second one, had a greater impact in their daily life than the first one did. We're going to be talking about uh, storms today and how to, how to navigate them, how to make sense of storms, how does, how does the, the thunder and the lightning and the rain and the wind of, of what we see in weather around us help us understand what we're going to be reading in Scripture and how to make sense of not just uh, weather storms, but life's storms. And we all have been through those as well. All of us here have several stories to tell of the storm that has come through your own life and at different times. And so we're going to be reading from a few different passages and, and, and progressing along as we go and looking at a couple different storms that are recorded for us in the life of Jesus and his disciples. The first one that we're going to be reading comes from Matthew chapter 8. We'll be reading uh, verses 23 through 27 there. And then we'll spend some time reflecting on that. So... Follow along with, it, with me as we read from uh, Matthew 8 as we consider how we prepare for the storms of life. And when he got into the boat, that be Jesus, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But he, Jesus again, was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord! We are perishing! And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, 
What sort of man is this that even the winds and sea obey him? That's the first storm that we're going to reflect on. It has its own uh, teaching points for us as we consider the life of Jesus with his disciples and what he's trying to show them. And Jesus doesn't do his teaching just by way of speaking, although he does that as well, and he's always giving a message, but he, he wants them to perceive what they ought to be able to understand from the circumstances that they find themselves in and couple that with the words that he speaks to them. Here we have a little bit of a preview of life with Jesus. This, this story comes right after the, the Sermon on the Mount uh, in Matthew's account there. Uh, Jesus is talking about kingdom life and what that's going to be like and, and how to understand what has been said before and, and how the world is. And he's, he's giving us greater insight into kingdom life. And then just before this... Um, he gives us this example of, of hearing and doing. A wise man doesn't just hear the word of God, he puts it into practice. The foolish man hears it and does nothing with it. And this is a little bit of the, the, the context in which Matthew paints this picture of this storm here. And you have Jesus now in his life with his disciples leading them into the unknown. Let's get in the boat. And see what happens. Let's get in the boat and, and travel with me. But as our reading said, when they were out on the boat, uh, the storm comes. Uh, we've looked at this in our own reading through the book of Mark. And it's interesting that while everybody else is panicking in the boat, Jesus is asleep. I don't think I've been able to do that since I was a little kid. I can't sleep through those things. But Jesus has this peace about him and that he can sleep in the midst of a storm. It does not bother him. While everybody around them, him is concerned beyond measure. This is uh, an unexpected storm for the disciples. Not that they don't happen. They're fishermen. Some of them, they know what life on the sea is like. Storms are not a surprise to them, but it's always something that they have to deal with every time. And so this storm comes up and they're trying to figure out now, what do we do this time? Jesus is not concerned at this point. Fast asleep in the boat. Disciples are panicking. They don't know what to do, so they wake up the teacher and they cry out in help because they're afraid they're going to die. Jesus is with them in the boat and they have a sense to cry out to the one that they think in some ways will be able to help. They don't just wake him and try to have him look around and see what's happening, they wake Him to save them. They think Jesus might be able to help them. Or maybe they've just run out of options. Jesus 
gives a uh, an interesting answer. Uh, Jesus' words are always uh, ones that make us ponder. Why are you afraid? Maybe Jesus is so at peace with the storm around him, he doesn't actually recognize it. I don't, I don't know, but the question to the disciples seems a bit odd. Why are you so afraid? Why, why wouldn't we be, Jesus? We're, we're about to perish here on the sea with this massive storm. It's natural to be afraid, isn't it? If we think we're going to die... But that's the response that Jesus gives in this first storm. Why are you afraid, O oh, you of little faith? It's their first storm with Jesus. And it's a learning experience for them. Because then Jesus commands the wind and the waves to be still. And they are. The first storm encounter that the disciples have with Jesus, he shows them mastery over creation. And his question also makes us wrestle with, why did he ask me if I'm afraid? What am I missing that he's expecting from me? That fear should not take place right now. Why are you afraid? That's the first storm. The second storm comes a little bit later in the book of Matthew. Chapter 14, we'll be reading there verses 22 through 33, and you can follow along with those as well. This is the second storm. Immediately he, that is Jesus again, made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me! Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. This is the second storm. Uh, it is a different storm setting altogether, um, much like we were 
discussing just a little bit ago, every new storm has its uniquenesses. There are new, no two storms alike. Even if you could create all the same conditions each time, they would still be different because a storm that might come through today would have one effect on you because of where you're at in life right now. Another storm that would come a month from now or six months from now, the exact same thing, equal rain and equal wind and all of that, would be different for you. You would perceive it differently because of their past experience with the storms before and because of where you're at in life. Maybe that day was a difficult day for you and when the storm came, it was just too much. Maybe you're on the other end of that and when the storm came that day, you were having such a great day, so you decided to grab your chair and go sit out on the porch and watch it. And you sort of welcomed the storm. The exact same storm that may have um, made you lose power one day and, and put you in this place of panic, the next time you receive it differently. They're all different. This one is also a different one. This one, Jesus tells his disciples to go on the boat alone without him. And then they encounter a storm. It's a different setting for them. They're not with Jesus. They, they can't wake him up when things are happening. And Jesus tells them to go off alone. He's creating a circumstance which is going to be considerably different for them, but one in which they will have to then process the storm from what they understand, what they know, what they remember. The disciples have been out on the boat for a long time. When Jesus dismissed the crowd, this was after the feeding of the 5,000, where Jesus just uh, showed his mastery over uh, your needs as well. The crowd there needed food and they, they had no place to get it and Jesus provided for them in their need. And Jesus now sends the disciples off right after this story. At the end of the day, while it's still light out, we assume, or maybe just getting dark, so there's time to get home. But now at 3 to 6 o'clock in the morning or so, the disciples have been out on the boat for a long time and they're not making any headway anymore. This whole time they've been struggling out on the water because again, another storm comes against them. Fear is also a part of this storm story. There are many reasons why storms would do that for us. And here again, Jesus gives us a little bit of insight into the fear that his disciples have in another storm. Maybe they're afraid this time because of the lack of Jesus' presence. But, but what we read in our story is that when Jesus appears, that's when they become afraid this time. They're afraid because they see someone, and I'm quite positive, for the very first time, walking on water. And now, in the presence of Jesus, as he arrives at the time of the storm, they're terrified. It's a very different circumstance from the first one. This time, the presence of Jesus terrifies them. They don't understand yet. 
maybe it seems as if the disciples are not gaining ground. Not just not gaining headway on the sea, but they're not gaining any ground in their faith either. After being with Jesus for so long, His presence now in the midst of this storm, and it's pitch black, and a man is walking on the water. I can understand, right? I can understand why I would be terrified in that moment. But this is the disciples of Jesus, His close friends and followers. There should be something about His presence that settles things a bit. There's also a difference in this story where in the midst of the storm, when they recognize that this is Jesus as he is making that declaration to him to them, Peter says, I'd like to come out on the storm with you. If it's you, Jesus, call me to come out into the storm with you. They are making progress. There is a change here in in Peter anyway where in the midst of this storm and in the midst of his fear, he overcomes that and, and moves forward in faith and says, if it's you then, I don't believe he's doubting, but since you say it's you, then command me to come out on the water with you. The storm hasn't changed yet. This is a big leap of faith for Peter. So he hears the invitation to come and join Jesus in the storm. And Peter steps out in faith into the storm and goes towards Jesus. There is progress in his faith. And yet, even in the midst of all of that, uh, we encounter another problem that we need to wrestle with in our own lives, and that's what do we do and how do we maintain, maybe this is the way I want to say it, how do we maintain the faith that leads us into the storm and not lose it? Because in the story, we're given a little bit of insight as to what happened when Peter made that decision. Peter wanted to test his faith. He wanted to prove his faith. And so when Jesus gave him the command to come out on the water, Peter took that step of faith and went out. And everything was fine until the distractions came. Peter was fine out on the water until he began to notice the surroundings and they haven't changed yet. The storm is still raging and now he's aware of the wind. He's aware of the waves and now he's afraid once again and his faith has let him slip into the sea. He lost his focus on Jesus in the midst of the storm and it was to his detriment. Even though he had the faith to step out of a boat onto the water, brothers and sisters, that is faith. In the midst of that and proving that he could do that, he lost his vision and his focus. 
And he got distracted by the, the rest of the storm around him. And that became his, became his focus. And he began to sink. And once again, there's this crying out to be saved. In the midst of all that, Jesus gives a similar response, but not, why are you afraid? But why did you doubt? Why did you doubt, Peter? I'm going to pick you up out of the sea, but why did you doubt? You stepped out of the boat in faith when I called you into the storm and you had faith to do that, why did you doubt? His faith was well placed. His focus was on Jesus. And when it went off in the midst of the storm, his doubt began to overwhelm him, much like the storm. And Jesus asked that question, not why are you afraid, because Peter in ways overcame his fear. But he began to doubt and he began to sink. This time, Jesus doesn't command the winds and the waves to be still and pick Peter up and, and everything will be okay again. But he saves Peter out of the sea and they get back into the boat and then the wind and the waves cease. It's not until that whole experience happens that the storm finally subsides. The entire time where Peter was testing his faith, testing his trust, the storm was there. And after the test was done, the storm ends. It gives us a little bit more insight into how the disciples ought to be processing life in Jesus' name when the storms of life come, and we ought to reflect on that the same way. Each storm will be different, but each storm follows one that you know from before. There's, there's something that we know about their, our natural world that even though today is a, a, a calm day, uh, sometime this week it may likely storm again. And I know that in the future... It is going to storm again. Every time it storms, uh, I look up at these trees because one of the last major storms we had go through here, I watch branches snap off left and right and just cover the ground here. I know those storms are coming again. I know those storms are going to hit this area and we're going to lose power. We're going to be without water and we're going to wonder how we're going to get through that. But we're going to also learn from the storm that came before and I don't know how many of you... Uh, bought a generator this last time or tweaked your generator or made sure that your connections were right or, or found a way to make sure that your candles and flashlights are in a handy place so that when the next storm comes, you're ready. You're more prepared. Maybe you can't prepare exactly because the storms are unpredictable. They are expected, but unpredictable. What do you do then as a follower of Jesus when the next storm comes? Listen to this from 
1 Peter 4. It's also in your bulletin this morning. 1 Peter 4, 4 verses 12 through 14. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share Christ's suffering so that you may also rejoice and be glad when His glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the Spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. Peter, the same one that has had now two real-life storm experiences with Jesus that would also give him opportunity to show his faith and to grow in his faith, writes the words that we just read. Don't be surprised, he says, uh, one that has learned well. Don't be surprised when the next storm comes. When the next trial of life comes against you, don't be surprised at that. Those things are going to happen. Jesus would say at a different place, in this world you are going to have trouble. And so Peter rightly says, uh, don't be surprised when those trials come. James, the the half-brother of Jesus, puts it this way that we looked at a while back already. Uh, Consider it great joy, he says. Consider it great joy, my brothers and sisters, when you experience various trials because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete, lacking in nothing. Peter said, don't be surprised by the storms of life. James says, when they come, consider it a joy that you have the opportunity to see that your faith continues to be steadfast regardless of what this storm might be for you. The storms are not meant to surprise us in this life, as Scripture uh, says very clearly in different places. You, you can't read from, from one cover of the book to the other without knowing very clearly that our world is filled with trials and, and storms, if you will. It is a part of the world that we live in because we live in a broken world, a world that is still suffering the effects of all of mankind's sinfulness as initiated by Adam and Eve in the garden. We still live in a world that is waiting to be redeemed and while that waiting happens, the storms of life will continue. It's no surprise to us as Christians. They are not going to get better and better and better as we go along until there are no more storms. Quite the opposite. As life goes along in this world, the storms will get more intense, more frequent, more challenging. And it's going to cause you and I to step out of the boat in different ways and put our faith in action without doubting. These storms of life are actually ordained by God. These are times where God puts us in places where we are allowed to show our faith So that we are encouraged once again that what I say I trust in, where I say I have my hope, is absolutely sure. And then as I recognize my own sure foundation that I stand on, 
people around me get to see that I'm not shaken by life's storms. They're given to me so that my faith is proved and it's given to me so that my faith is attractive to somebody else. Your faith gets to be attractive to somebody else because you and I have better understanding of how to navigate the storms of life. But there are people all around us that are still trying to figure out how to navigate each storm. And they haven't found the boat to get into yet. They haven't found the rock that can't be moved. And so our, our encounter with each new storm in this life that will test our faith gives us opportunity to reveal faith to those around us and to be able to show them the hope and the trust and the peace that we have so that they might look at us one day and see that the storms of life are raging around us and guess what? He's asleep in the boat. How does he do that? I won't be able to sleep like Jesus, not until that final day of rest comes, but I ought to be able to um, just gently paddle through the storms of life to the point where people say, why isn't he just flailing his arms all over the place? Why is he so content in the midst of this storm? It gives you and I an opportunity to share the faith and the hope and the peace and the trust and the salvation that we have. Understanding the storms of our life is meant to help us grow so that we can navigate them more successfully with each new storm. Remembering the past storms is key for us. While the first encounter happened there, Jesus spoke to all of them. Oh, you all of little faith. But there are times when you and I individually will come to a place of trial and testing in a new storm. And the word's going to come to you specifically. Oh, you of little faith. And that was the difference in the two storms as well. Oh, you of little faith for the first time was all of them. But it's also one of individuality where where we're addressed specifically by our Lord to, to understand what we're supposed to gain from trusting in Him through this particular storm. And He'll address us specifically. And we should remember those storms and we should remember the words of Jesus. We should remember the songs that we have sung, how we've proved Him over and over and over You can get through the storms of life because you have navigated them with Him. Remembering is key. Isaiah 43 opens with these verses. But now, thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, He who formed you, O Israel, speaking of those that belong to God, The one who created you says, Fear not. I have redeemed you. I have called you by my name. You are mine. Remember that God has placed His seal on you as you 
trust in Him. God identifies you by His own name on you. What a privilege it is, brothers and sisters, to have the name of God on us and God recognizes us by His own name. Remember that. Because it says, when you pass through the waters, whatever they might be, I will be with you. And through the rivers, that particular one that you're struggling with, not just storms in general, but this one right now, this specific water that you're in, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Every time the storm came to the disciples, they cried out, Save us! And Jesus said, I am your Savior. I am saving you. I have always been saving my people and I will continue to save you. And we are meant to grow in our understanding of the storm. You and I are going to come to the next storm in life. Maybe, maybe where you're at in life right now, the storm seems intense. Whatever may be attacking you right now, and it may be things from health or finances or relationships or, or issues or politics or... You could fill in the blank. Whatever the storm is that you're in right now, you have opportunity to put your trust in Jesus once again. And let your faith be proven again as you trust in Jesus. But don't doubt. James would say that too. Don't doubt when you, when you are in that trusting moment. Keep on believing. And as you will navigate the storm that maybe you feel right now, you will be further equipped and more strengthened in your faith to get through the next one. But maybe, maybe you're here or maybe you're listening and the storms of life, every time they come, seem to just unravel your life. And it seems like every time a new storm in life comes, it feels like I am up to my ears in water and I'm not going to survive again. There are people that live in that condition yet and they don't know how to get through any storm that comes. They're just barely making it. But you know, that's the grace of God as well. They have barely made it through. And with each new trial and test, there is this opportunity for whoever it might be to cry out, for salvation. Jesus will always answer that. And so if you don't know that saving faith, if you don't know that rock to stand on, if you don't know the boat that you can be secure in, the invitation is for you today to make that your claim 
I've never been able to survive the storm by myself. But I want to be on that sure foundation. I want to be able to navigate them through this life and do it well. So that I would have, as the song says, uh, peace, peace like a river. Scripture calls it peace that's without understanding. So when the next storm comes, brothers and sisters, remember the last one. When I look at your faces, I see the storms that you've been through. And you're here today to give testimony to God's goodness and faithfulness to you in that. Somebody else needs to hear your storm story. When you have opportunity, when the storms are raging around us, sometimes the opportunities come because the branches are down. And you, you, you find somebody that you know wrestles with life in this world, not just daily existence, but you know that they don't have a sure rock. And the storms of this life give us an opportunity to even share the hope that we have that goes beyond this world. Take those opportunities, brothers and sisters. You have made it through many storms yourself, and more storms will come. Consider it pure joy when the next storm comes. And let your faith be proven once again. They are coming, but they are not to be feared by God's people. We have a sure foundation on which we stand. Amen? Let's pray. Jesus, those words, uh, we, have, we have uttered those words at different times in our lives. We have sung words that have those, uh, sung, sung songs with those words in it. Uh, where I stand on Christ the solid rock, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. We, we have songs that just resonate with us. It's not I, but Christ in me and through me. And we recognize that it is by Your power that we exist and we thrive and we continue to flourish as Your people in this world. And You've given us opportunity, even as we are today, to be outside of our normal setting so that we can share our faith, our testimony, our hope, and our peace with the world around us. And so we ask, Father, that You would give us those opportunities and give us eyes to see them and courage to walk into the storms of life with somebody and invite them into the boat where, the, where safety is, where the storms are subsided and Nothing can harm them anymore. So Holy Spirit, take these words that we have meditated on again this morning, words that you have preserved for us, words that you have inspired to be kept until today so they may have their full effect on us. Let it be so now according to the will of Jesus in whose name we pray. Amen.